iPods and iTunes are number one in Japan. More on the Mac Expo and IDG. The Nano is strong and the Shuffle is weak. All this and more on My Mac Podcast 53. The next generation of radio, it's the MyMac.com Podcast. from the MyMac.com studios. It's your hosts, Tim Robertson and Chad Perry. And like I said at the beginning there, iTunes and iPod are number one in Japan. Yeah, that's pretty impressive when I saw the uh, market yeah, share ratings on absolutely. that. Absolutely. Uh, reported November 16th at MacMinute.com, Apple today announced that iTunes and iPod are number one in the in, J- in Japan with the iPod market share at almost 60%. Uh, since the launch of the iTunes Music Store this summer and the introduction of the iPod Nano and fifth generation iPod, market share in Japan has grown rapidly, solidifying iPod's position as the number one digital music player in Japan by a wide margin. iTunes is the number one online music service in Japan and this library has grown steadily with the addition of dozens of independent labels. And, you know, for an American, uh, you know, really this is stereo gear when you get right down to it. Right. Uh, to be number one in Japan is quite impressive mm-hmm. because they have a long history of really supporting Japanese businesses much more readily than... Well, as of also being uh, real innovators on this end, too. It seems like a lot of the best stuff that Japan has doesn't reach here for another six months to a year yeah so. so for the ipod to do so well over there so quickly yeah is really a testament to the uh, the genius of, of the design of both the ipod uh, nano the regular ipod with video mm-hmm. and the itunes music store because it's just a seamless integration that right you, you just you can't beat it you really can't mm-hmm. um and we'll get more into uh ipod information as well uh, the next, uh, of course, uh, as you're listening, we're jumping right into news today. Right. Now, speaking of the iTunes Music Store, I was just started reading stuff that talked about Apple possibly doing some price adjustments. Yeah, I saw something about it that um, I believe it might have, I don't remember which music executive was speaking, but he basically alluded to the fact that Apple is going to adjust the pricing so the more popular the song is, the more money they'll charge. Um, and the older content and the less popular stuff will be cheaper. And I don't particularly have a problem with that per se, mm. um, as long as the price is reasonable. Personally, let's be honest, $0.99 cent for one song is is still pretty expensive. It's, yeah. Um, you get a much better deal if you buy an album that has 12 or 14 songs on it for $9.99 yes. yep. than you do if you buy each song for $0.99. Cent. And sometimes you get little PDF booklets with the album art or, you know, mm-hmm. lyrics and that sort of stuff. But I don't know. Um, if you really wanted to price songs accordingly uh, based on what they're actually worth, a download, they should be about a quarter. Yeah. Realistically. Yeah, about a quarter of a song. Could mm-hmm. you imagine how many more songs Apple would sell if each song was a quarter? Oh, that'd be nuts. Or five songs for a buck? Yeah. I mean, it would just... They would sell... I, I don't want to say four times as much. I think they would sell fifty times as many songs, mm-hmm. and and it would. I think it would kill the illegal market. You know the the P 
peer-to-peer networking and all that. Oh, it, I, I think, think so. it would kill it because yeah. at a quarter a piece, why not? Yeah, and I can get the songs I want. So yeah, and much better quality. Yeah, and you don't have Madonna cursing at you if you download one of her songs. <laughs> You remember that? <laughs> that was a oh geez, a couple of years back. Yeah, yeah. The the record label and Madonna uh, uh, feeded a whole bunch of fake MP3 songs of her new album, and when you downloaded one, it was Madonna going, "What the f do you think you're doing?" <laughs> yeah, it was like, dang, I never heard it, but I, I yeah. every account that I read was just hilarious. Wow. Uh, next story was from November sixteenth, and this is a Mac IT conference schedule for. Macworld San Francisco announced World Macworld or IDG Expo World Expo today announced the, the schedule for the Mac IT conference at Macworld Conference and Expo taking place January 9th through 13th 2006 at San Francisco's Moscone Center. Um for those of you wondering um are we going to podcast live from the event this year? It's not looking good. Uh we've had discussions with a few potential sponsors and uh we got an invitation too yeah and we got an invitation from idg uh, they want us to come and, and podcast from the showroom floor and they're very accommodating for us to do so yes but the the real problem is even though a lot of companies had a lot of interest in having us come and record in their booth at least once a day mm-hmm. and being the sole sponsor of all of our coverage for the macworld expo no one showed up with check in hand and uh it's unfortunate because, quite honestly, if if we don't find a sponsor... Unless someone's got a Merry Christmas for us. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're just simply not going to go. Yeah. Uh, because Chad... Uh, see, I do MyMac.com full-time. Well, not full-time, but, you know... Pretty it, much so, Pretty much yeah. full-time. I don't have a day job. Chad, on the other hand, does have a day job. And for him to take a week off, uh, unscheduled, non-vacation time, would literally cost him money. Mm-hmm. And not to uh, not to even mention the fact that you know it costs money to fly and, and it costs money to stay there and yeah you, know, you, you got to eat when you're there yeah. and and if your hotel isn't right across the street you got to have taxi fare and you know there's a lot involved plus our time and and mm-hmm. how complex it would be to do this on the road yeah. uh, three or four times a day yep and that's what we'd want to do we'd want to have a half hour show three or four times a day so you're talking at least a couple hours a day of recording editing putting it together uploading Mm -hmm. it and more importantly paying for the bandwidth because it's going to be quite expensive yeah and we want we we want to do a good job of uh of sitting with the vendors not just our sponsor but also talking to other vendors and giving you an idea of what they've got letting them speak for themselves and uh, really bring some quality podcasting to the Macworld Expo because we have to show up David Cohen now. I mean, he's thrown down the gauntlet in London. and Yeah, he was so good there at, yeah. at that expo that we'd really have to step up our game. I know it. And Chad and I de- have definite ideas on how we would do it and what we would do, but it really comes down to money. Uh, mm-hmm. We probably will still have a daily uh, podcast during the week. Unfortunately, it would be recorded here in in michigan rather than in yeah. california in the nice warm weather <laughs> it's snowing today here in michigan for the first time this year a lovely balmy 30 degrees outside. um so that's you know as it stands it looks like i'll just be coming here every night during the expo for you know three days mm. and uh we'll just have an update every day and sure and see how it goes so that's where we're at uh november 16th dedicated ipod retail chain to open in the uk 
A new retail chain dubbed Pod Express, the X is the only capital letter yeah. in there, is set to open in on Liverpool Street in London on November 21st. Notes Macworld UK. <clears throat> Excuse me. Jonathan Cole, CEO of Pod Express, said, We have been planning the rollout for over a year, and our plan is to have a second store, London West End store open before Christmas and 12 more stores nationwide by the end of 2006. Wow. The stores will carry Apple full range of will carry Apple full range of iPods. That's really poorly written there, no. as well as accessories and third-party products. This is pretty cool. This might be something that David Cohen might want to go check out. And yeah, that would make a pretty cool podcast. Go and mm-hmm. check that out. I don't know, you know, how far from London he is and and uh, what that would entail. And obviously, I'm adjusting here. Yeah. I don't want to, you know, pressure him into doing anything. Although we do have those couple leg breakers standing by. That's right. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, th- I think it's cool. I would be a little worried as a business owner to base my business around one particular product. <clears throat> Excuse mm-hmm. me. In this case, the iPod. Because, I mean, that would be like back in the 80s basing your store around the Walkman. Yeah. And that, yeah. that's pretty... Because as popular as the iPod is right now and the dominance and market share that it holds, that's not going to last forever. And even Apple will be the first to tell you that the iPod won't be what it is, you know, in the future. Because there's always something that comes along and takes its place in popularity. And all of a sudden, this is the new cool thing. And now the iPod isn't cool. And Apple's really good at staying ahead of that so far. Mm-hmm. I mean, they come out with the regular iPod and the second generation, the Shuffle and the Nano and now Video iPod. But really, at this point, there's only so much farther they can go. What more capabilities can they offer in an iPod um, when it comes to attractiveness? You can't make it too much thinner. I mean, you can't have it wafer thin because then it's too brittle. Right. Um, there's only so much Apple can really do with the iPod. It's really a limited... Um, product as, as far as innovation goes and once they introduce the video you know what are they going to have next you know, maybe a widescreen ipod mm-hmm. um eventually different colors in the full size and other than black and white and maybe one little holographic projector in it so you can just like set it on the floor and it'll yeah but you know excluding the star trek stuff right there's there's really only so much they can do maybe they'll wow me and and keep innovating for the next 20 years and it will still always be the, what it is today i don't think so now i think i i right now i feel like i'm with you the platform i think is about stretched to its limit with the exception of as you just mentioned a widescreen ipod for video yeah i don't know if i would i would keep a business a, a dedicated retail chain for just one product so i'm hoping um that jonathan cole the ceo of pot express or pop express i've been saying was pod it, Express. It pod? Oh, it's pop. It's no, pop. It's pop. It's P-O-P, pop express. Yeah. Um, I, I hope that uh, you know they they stay limber enough that they can change directions if they need to. But do you see them offering like a load pod service as well? There, I mean, you'd almost have to do some sort of service-oriented yeah. stuff to to keep the business generating. Oh, I think so, definitely. Because if all you do is sell, uh, well, then again, you know, we know and we've had reports from uh, a lot of our listeners in the UK on what the shipping delays that they get when they order Apple gear. So essentially, he could have a really a mail-based, really a brick-and-mortar, but do most of his... Ma- yeah, exactly. Yeah. He and that could would be well. very successful. Yeah. Um, and maybe he'll sell 
some uh, Macintosh products in there too. Mm-hmm. I think that would probably be the way to go, especially with oh. the resurgence of the popularity of the Macintosh yeah. over the last two years. Uh, I, I think I read a statistic that within the last 12 months, uh, a million new Mac users joined the Fry. So that's that's a lot of new Mac users, and I'm mm-hmm. sure quite a few of those are in the UK. So, yep. Um, good luck to uh, Pop Express, definitely. Yes. Next, iPod Nanos retail sales strong while shuffle falls. This is from November 15th. Analyst Gene Munster of Piper Jaffray maintained an outperform rating and a U.S. $68 price target on Apple reports Forbes. The percentage of sales reps recommending purchase of an Apple iPod or iPod Nano versus any other high-end portable audio device increased to 68% in November from 63% in June 2005 when the last survey was taken, while the percentage recommending an iPod shuffle fell to 38% from 52% in the same time period. And I think that's... I I think the, the lifespan of the shuffle has been great, really greatly reduced once Apple released the Nano. Yes, the Nano is much bigger than the Shuffle. But do you think the Shuffle was a bridge project to be a, a bridge oh, product to so. begin with? Sure, yeah. yep. Um, and I think that the, the Nano, obviously it took the place of the Mini. Mm-hmm. I think eventually it will take the place of the Shuffle as well. Right. I think they're going to come out with a, or at least um, the same type of Nano uh, in the same capacity, but it will be cheaper Mm-hmm. And they come out with a new nano with higher capacity in the same form factor, yeah. and that will just you know crush the the uh, the, iShuff, the iPod Shuffle sales because mm-hmm. if you've got a choice between fifty bucks, you get a nano or a shuffle. Yeah, it's not really much of a choice, right? There's a huge advantage to being able to see what music you're going to play. I think. Oh, I you know, uh, my wife has a shuffle, and your wife has a shuffle, right? Um, and I've used it, and, and it's okay. I like it, but yeah, it. I like to see what songs are coming. Maybe that's just because I'm a guy, mm-hmm. and I like that. Yeah, I'm in control, and I want to see what I want to hear. What I want to hear. I don't want to mm-hmm. have to keep hitting next and trying to find the button. Right. And go, oh, crap! I forgot I'm on shuffle. So you got to put it back to normal playing. Yeah, but there's also times where you're just like, you know, I'm in a Creed mood. I'm going to set it to Creed. I'm going to hit play, let it play random, and go through my Creed collection. You know. Exactly. Um, what gets me? Uh, analyst Gene Munster. <laughs> No. Okay. <laughs> Not Herman Munster. A lot of our younger <laughs> listeners won't get that at no, all. No, they won't. What's that? <laughs> uh, we skipped a story from November 16th. The Power Mac G5 Sorry. firmware update. Apple has released a firmware update for some Power Mac G5s. Doesn't work on mine. Uh, no. No. Uh, this Power Mac G5 system firmware update is only for the 1.8 gigahertz, 600 megahertz bus, single processor Macintosh. Uh, it's late. 2004 computer. This update improves the reliability of your PowerMac G5, especially after it has been inactive for two hours. Hmm. So, if you've got one of those machines, you might want to update it, or well, actually, you might want to wait for a little bit and uh, make sure that it's yeah, make sure it's a good firmware patch. <laughs> uh, la 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 la. <clears throat> uh, the next one I thought was pretty cool from November 15th. Oh, what well, we got here? Apple to open three retail stores November. 19th. So this is from November 15th. Apple today announced the launch of three new retail stores in the U.S. on November 19. These include the Gateway in Salt Lake City, Utah, the Beverly Center in Los Angeles, California, and Sherman Oaks in Sherman Oaks, California. Each store is open to the public at 10 a.m. local time. The company has also said that the first 1,000 people in the visit 
or in to visit the Apple Store will receive a free Apple T-shirt. In addition, visitors can enter the grand opening sweepstakes, sweepstakes <laughs> for a chance to win a digital lifestyle collection valued at U.S. $2,350. Ooh. No purchase is necessary, and entries will be accepted from November 19th through December 19th. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So if you're in one of those three areas, go check out the new Apple Store. If you're the one of the first thousand people, free Apple T-shirt. There you go. That would be cool. And hey, a chance to win twenty four hundred bucks worth of Apple merchandise. Yep. Um, and this one, the uh, the last news news story from uh, Mac Minute that we're going to read from November fifteenth, Newsweek criticizes Apple for fair play DRM licensing. Newsweek Stephen Levy, who by the way is it, really good tech writer hmm. um has posted his list of this won't work with that award winners notes macworld uk the magazine is complaining that apple refuses to license its fair play digital rights management technology second prize goes to apple ceo steve jobs for selling songs on the itunes music store that play on ipods but not anyone else's music player notes the story also apple has rigged the ipod so that unless you perform some digital surgery Songs purchased from other online stores won't play on it, which, by the way, isn't true. Jobs' mm-hmm. explanation is that it's not something users are asking for, and if a groundswell of users clamor for compa- compatibility, he'll consider it. Uh, take my word for it, Steve. When people pay for music, they want to, they want it to be playable on any device they choose. Well, that's kind of interesting because there's a little company called Audible mm-hmm. that if you buy their books on right. their website guess what will work just fine on your ipod and you have to pay for them yep so it, apple's itunes music store isn't the only place that you can get content that you have to pay for that works on your ipod mm-hmm. apple sells music players and they manage the store why would they want to support other mp3 players right apple doesn't make much money when they sell songs that's most of the money goes to the recording industry mm-hmm Apple, obviously, and, and I would imagine most people realize this, Apple uses the popularity of the iTunes Music Store to drive iPod sales because that's what mm-hmm. Apple does. They're in the hardware business. They make computers right. and they make MP3 players. That's what they do. They used to make uh, printers. They used to make monitors. Not Well, they still make monitors. Yeah. Um, but they used to have a huge peripheral line. Today, they still do, but a lot of it is focused around the iPod. Mm-hmm. So why would they want to support somebody else's product when people buy stuff through the the iTunes Music Store, that right. would make zero economic sense to me. So I, I respect where Stephen Levy is coming from in this uh, Newsweek article, but you know, it it doesn't make any sense for Apple to do that. And yeah, there was a whole lot of people you know complaining about it because they had all these other MP3 players. I can understand, but guess what, Skippy? The iPod is what people are buying. That's what people want. Mm-hmm. How many other people have an MP3 player? that want to buy stuff from the Apple's iTunes Music Store. Well, and the other thing is that part of buying the iPod is you get the service of the iTunes Music Store. Yeah, it, it's, it's kind of It's like a, buying a cable box but not getting cable TV. I mean... <laughs> yeah, we could probably go out there and buy the uh, the, the cable box but from Motorola, whoever makes mm-hmm. it. But unless you got cable coming into your house, what the hell good's it for? Exactly. You know, so I, I could see his point, but I, I don't... In today's market, at any rate... Other MP3 players simply aren't selling. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just not. And whether that's good or bad, 
is not for me to say. I think it's great because I want Apple to succeed. That's mm-hmm. what this podcast and that's what our website's all about is Apple right. and the Macintosh and, and the whole culture of, of mm-hmm. that. But, you know, wh- why would Apple want to support another third-party MP3 player? I think it would be stupid for them to do so. Yep. Uh, that's all the news. Let's see what else we've got here. Oh, uh, <laughs> I got this from, uh, let me see, who did I get this from? Mac Observer. And I call it, from the Department of Redundancy Department. <laughs> Speaking at a Raymond James Investor Conference in New, York's, in New York, Dell CFO Jim Schneider was asked about his company's recent earnings. Miss. Uh, miss, and admitted, Apple has come out with a nice product, the iPod, and I think it's really turned their company around. Uh, no. <laughs> no. How, they're asking him, how come you guys missed your earning mark? Well, you know, Apple has the iPod, and uh, that's not my question, Skippy. Uh, yeah. Why did you miss your mark? Have you ever seen one of their little digital MP3? It's called the jukebox, I think. Mm-mm. What a crappy piece of crap that is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> my wife obviously has to have a PC, mm-hmm. and so I bought her a Dell. Right, which is what my cousin has. Yeah, and so I get this uh, Dell buyer's guide probably once a month, and I... And I scan through it and i've seen their little mp3 player their jukebox and just looking at it it's just, they, they have this weird i don't i want to say scroll wheel because that's what it is but it's not the scroll wheel that goes not what you're used to on yeah, an ipod yeah. yeah and it's just i see it and i'm like ugh, who would want that i mean it's got the crappiest screen and mm-hmm. it just looks like it looks like garbage there's no style to it at all no it's just amazing to me that Apple really is the only computer maker out there, with the with the possible exception of Sony, who has any kind of aesthetics that, mm-hmm. that understands what people want and why this is cool and what looks cool and yeah and, and you know don't get me wrong Sony does too you know they have mm-hmm. the uh, PSP the VIO and and all that yep and we'll talk about Sony here in a few minutes. Most websites are only there for you to buy something. Buy, buy, save, buy. Save, save. At smalldog.com, well, they're happy if you buy something, but that's just half the story. Take a walk around smalldog.com and you'll find the inside scoop on Mac products and lots of helpful how-tos for beginners and experts alike. Digital photography and graphic design, music and sound, small business and more. From iTunes to inkjets, Apple to Ziff. Smalldog.com, so you can love your Mac more. High technology at low prices. Smalldog.com. And now, Not Mac News with Chris Siebel. The host company of the Macworld Expo, IDG, has announced that each media outlet will be granted only a single press pass in an effort to alleviate congestion. Not Mac News conducted an informal survey of five Mac-based websites, which usually send people to cover the event. Four of the five said the change wouldn't really be a problem since they can watch the only thing they cover, the keynote, via QuickTime. The one site that does extensive floor coverage, MyMac.com, reported that they were disappointed and also noted that they do not recommend sugarless gum to their patients who chew gum. You have to ask yourself, can four out of five dentist or er, websites be wrong? In non-related news, 
Sony is replacing the music CDs that shipped with a rootkit installer. Not Mac News was, naturally, one of the first outlets to get the replacement media. The media is DRM free, but it is unfortunately in the form of an 8-track cassette. Not Mac News, your most reliable source for consistently unreliable information. I'm Shift4, Sis Shift4. You gotta love the 8-track. Oh, I know. That was awesome. Right in the middle of a song and then it goes to the next. (laughs) That's great. You know, there's like a huge demographic of our listeners are going, what the hell is an 8-track? You know? Yeah. They they have no idea. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, speaking of Sony, and uh, last week, obviously, we talked uh, extensively about the whole... Root root kit. Yeah. And... uh, I, I found it that uh, antivirus and security software vendors, including Symantec, are now labeling Sony BMG's Digital Rights Management, DRM, software as spyware and a security threat. Even Microsoft is treating the DRM as spyware, according to InfoWorld. Yikes. That's bad. Yeah. That is just bad. And, you know, I don't think last week I was really... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? <clears throat> I don't. I, I obviously I, I let the listeners know how upset I was about it. But uh, today, I was reading Dan Gilmore's blog. <clears throat> excuse me. Um. And and he really. He he really summed it up for me how I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, on his blog at um, s h-e-r-e dot com s-p-h-e-r-e dot com didn't I say that right? no it's www.b-a-y-o-s-p-h-e-r-e dot com backslash blog backslash Dan Gilmore all one word d-a-n-g-i-l-l-m-o-r you want to read that? sure Dan writes Sony is finally Sony has finally pulled this malware from use God knows how many people are affected though it appears that the numbers could be vastly higher than anyone suspected I am not a fan of consumer class action lawsuits that generally enrich lawyers and do little or nothing for the people who have been actually hurt by corporate wrongdoing. In this case, Sony and its incompetent subcontractor, a UK outfit called First for Internet, deserve a harsh fate. With tactics that would get hackers prosecuted and perhaps jailed, they have endangered people's data without serious regard for anything but their own enrichment. This is despicable. It's not as bad as some corporate misbehavior we've seen, but it's so reckless and arrogant that it begs for punishment. Given that law enforcement is more willing to punish individuals than corporations for this slimy stuff, we're stuck with the greedy trial lawyers. I hope they sue Sony and First for Internet into the ground. And where the hell is Howard Stringer, chairman of CEO and Sony Corp? Missing in action. This is, this is his scandal, but he's silent. Does anyone believe that he and his copyright cartel compatriots won't try this kind of stunt again as soon as they think they can get away with it? I guarantee they will. Maybe, however, Sony has done something good for us. By being so greedy and sleazy, it has shown how abuse of copyright law harms other people. I doubt Congress, paid so well by the industry, will even notice the scandal, but the public is beginning to wake up. Anyone who buys anything from Sony at this point is foolish. It's just not worth the risk. 
harsh, and I agree 100%. Mm. Um, but, you know, and he said something that I totally agreed with. Um, he's where he says, I'm not a fan of consumer class action lawsuits, and I'm not either. Yeah. Because he's right. It usually makes the lawyers rich, but it doesn't do anything for the consumer. Mm-hmm. You know, you get, you know, a gift certificate for 10% off of your next purchase or some crap like that. Yeah. Um, but in this case, this is the only thing Sony would would really um, slap them hard enough in the face and and wake them up. Yeah, I think that you know they've come out and they've said um, we were wrong, and here's replacement CDs, and we're going to stop making them, mm-hmm. and we're pulling the ones that are still on the shore on the storeroom shelves mm-hmm. off, and. Well, you know what? That that's only because there was such an outcry. It's not because they thought it was wrong in the beginning. They're only doing it because they got caught. Yeah, but didn't initially? I also heard initially they had said that there was no, there was no call home feature in the software yeah. itself. They said, "Oh, there's no, there's no call home. It's just it's just a DRM." Well, it you does know, call home. It does call home, and they were totally busted. Yeah. And, and the first reaction, and I read this last week. Uh, from uh, somebody at Sony, he said, "Well, most users don't even know what a root kit is, so why should they care?" Which is just the height of arrogance to me. Right. So um, they're trying to do right, but only because they got their hand caught in the cookie jar, not because they want to do right. Right. You know, if it was up to Sony, they would totally have this out there, no one know about it, and they would be very happy. Well, if it hadn't been snuffed out, it would still be out there right now, and, and no one would and know nobody would know about it, and they'd yeah. wonder why the performance of their computers going down, why they're all of a sudden super. Um, accessible to malware and viruses and why well, I've got files disappearing. Yeah, yeah. Well, what the heck? My <laughs> files just disappeared. You know, so it, it's the only thing that they're going to understand. And uh, I, I think that Dan Gilmore hit it exactly on the head. And uh, I applaud Dan for a great, great blog post. Yep. Let's move on to something a little bit more fun today. All right. What do we got going on? Um, well, I know a lot of people are probably going, "Hey, where's the dashboard minute?" Um, we'll have it next week. Um, I had a problem, and so we'll have that next week. Okay. Uh, let's jump over into a little bit of feedback. Um, you know what? Let's, yeah, here we go. This was a kind of a fun site. Uh, Christopher Wilkie, I think I said his name wrong the last time he really got mad at me. (laughs) Uh, he says, he writes, I can't remember which of you wanted some old Mac. That was me, and I want a 20th anniversary yeah. Mac, and I'm hoping Don at smalldog.com comes true. true. <laughs> <laughs> but I just found uh, this website for old Macs. I'm sure you already knew it, uh, already know of it, but just in case you don't, it's usedmacs.ca, and I hadn't heard of it before, and I oh. went and checked it out, and there's not a whole lot up there at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's just a, a slow period, I don't know, but good to know oh, if you're looking yeah. for a good mac yeah thanks oh, christopher definitely jared sent me a, a link jared zelek obviously our buddy at zeleksoftware.com mm-hmm. uh and it's about using let me i gotta open all these up um audible is offering a tool for podcasters really yeah and i thought it was kind of interesting and so i went and checked it out I, it basically will help give you demographics on who's listening. Mm-hmm. It'll let you know how long they listen to the podcast on average, at which point they stop listening, mm-hmm. what your most popular show has been to date, mm-hmm. you know, all that kind of inf- information. So I thought, wow, that would be pretty cool. But there's a couple of problems. Number one, mm-hmm. it puts DRM on your podcast. 
Yeah, no, I'm not really. No. Oh no. But here's here's the thing. Uh, if you use it, it will actually keep track of how many people download your podcast because mm-hmm. it's DRM. Uh, it's not the type of DRM where you can't share the file. It still lets people do that. Yeah. It just reports back how many times people are listening to mm-hmm. it, so you get a very accurate number of how many listeners you have. Mm-hmm. Well, the only right now the only, and I know it's not accurate. But the only way I can tell how many people are downloading is looking at our statistics page and right. seeing how many times each podcast is downloaded, which is about, right now, about 33,000 times. Right. All right. So I'm looking at this uh, this new tool from Audible, and they're only charging $0.03 cents per download if you use it. So in other words, if whoever downloads it, they'll mm-hmm. provide you all those statistics but for every download that you're using this DRM that they supply you with, mm-hmm. they'll charge you three cents. So that's three cents out of my pocket. Well, that doesn't sound bad, right? Oh, no. <laughs> but if I'm getting, let's just yeah. round it up. Let's say I'm getting 30,000 downloads per show. Mm-hmm. That's $900 a show. Yeah. In a month, I'd have to pay them on the magnitude of $3,600 uh-uh. just to find out how long people are listening to the show and, mm-hmm. you know, how many times it's downloaded. Are they insane? Pardon me. That was kind of a weird sneeze sound. Yeah, I tried to suppress it. You know, after all, we got a new mic, so. <laughs> but I do appreciate Jarrett sending that information along. Mm-hmm. Um, it's. It, I don't think Audible understands anything about podcasting. No. We don't want DRM. I don't. Mm-hmm. You know, would it be nice to have statistics on every single person in whatever demographic class that they're coming from so i can pass that on to potential advertisers and sponsors and go hey look you know 80 percent of our listeners are in this age group and Mm -hmm. they you know 75 percent of them make this much money and Mm -hmm. this many people buy stuff online and yeah that'd be cool but you know what listeners are i think the people out there that are listening to this podcast are inundated with that kind of crap right every single day you go to a site, hey, will you take our survey? We take this survey. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants all this information, what you're listening to. That's why mm-hmm. Sony put that, like you were talking about, they put that, it calls home and lets Sony camp, know yeah. what song you're listening to every single time you play it. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Listeners don't like that. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I can't stand answering those kind of questions. Mm-hmm. You know, you can read our content online, but first you have to register on our site. Well, it's like, free. And it goes against what we tell everybody when they submit for contests. We delete the information they provide us once the contest is over with. Yeah, I don't, I, you know, a lot of people probably don't uh, participate in the contest that we have. And it's a very simple contest. You just mm-hmm. send us an email and you're you're yeah. qualified. Um, but they don't send it because they're thinking, oh, I get enough spam. Mm-hmm. I don't want any more spam. And what's to say that we don't share that information? Well, right, we don't. We don't. Well, we t- we say we don't, and we don't. Yeah, but. and because the, we're both totally opposed to that. Right, but that's just you know, <laughs> I, I don't blame people. I get enough email, and what's the deal with mail now? I, I'm mm. serious. Well, I'm um, still using Entourage. Well, so over over the last out. two weeks, I have noticed an increase of spam getting into my inbox instead of going into my spam box. Mm. At least twenty percent is now making its way into my inbox. So ever mm. since I upgraded to uh, what is it ten four three, ever since I upgraded, I'm getting more spam that mail is not catching. Yeah, what the hell's going on? I'm starting to get a little ticked off. Hmm. I switched to mail so I could use Spotlight to search my 
my email. Mm-hmm. It'd be much easier, I figure, to use Spotlight to to search my email. Right. Um, it, it hasn't been, to be honest, because I have so much email that it it, it literally can't narrow it down enough. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm looking, oh, wow, someone sent me something. What was that? So I put in this vague search string that I think it's, it's so many results on my computer yeah. that it's it's almost not worth it. And now that I'm getting so much more spam in my inbox, which basically means I select all this spam and hit, you know, junk, and yep. it goes into the junk, um, it just kind of ticks me off. Hmm. I mean, and this is, this is stuff that will come to me, and it, it has a certain message, and, and it's callous pills, or how do you say that? Callous? Callous? I don't know. Cialis. Cialis. I know something like that. I don't take that crap, so I don't know. Right. Uh, Cialis and Viagra, and, mm-hmm. and the little graphic's the same every time. Yeah. Well, you would think if I told male once, this is junk, if that comes again, put it in the junk box. Don't mm-hmm. put it in my inbox again. And I'll get like four or five in my inbox, but it will still put like ten of them in my junk folder. Well... If you know these 10 are bad, why don't you put the other ones in there? Mm-hmm. It just really irritates me to no end. And uh, it, at first, mail was pretty good. So I'm really going to have to start looking at a filtering program, mm-hmm. SpanSieve or something like that. Yeah. Russ Walkowitz is who I probably need to talk to because he has reviewed a few, and uh, I know he's real happy with one or two of them. So I'm, I probably have to talk to him. Yeah. If there's any listeners out there that go, you know what, Tim, I'm so with you. I understand your problem. Here's my solution. Send me an email. Let me know what your solution was. Uh, you can send it to our Gmail account. MyMacPodcast at gmail.com. Or you can send it directly to me at Tim at MyMac.com. Uh, if you're going to send an MP3 file, please send it over to the Gmail account, though. Yep. Um, speaking of, obviously, we want to get into what's going on up on the website right now. But um, it's time to have a little fun. And I found a song... I know we're not a music show. Right. And I don't want to say that this is like um, <laughs> some great song that should be on the radio. or mm-hmm. any- In fact, it's it's really kind of bad. But it's so bad, it's good. Huh. And uh, so let's just go ahead and play that. Now, the thing is, though, it, it works both ways. The name of the, our site is MyMac. Mm-hmm. The name of this podcast is MyMac. Dot com no, podcast, guess, right. but it's my Mac, right? Mm-hmm. So keep that in mind. Obviously, this person isn't talking about my Mac, the organization, mm-hmm. but take a listen. Whenever I want to plug in a peripheral, it recognizes it right away. I don't have to sweat and pray for a small miracle. It's just great for me. I'm as happy as can be, and I have better productivity. So sensible, so beautiful Oh, it's the only one for me There's never a need to think about security Trojan horses and viruses They don't stand a chance They are such a rarity Always so reliable, I 
and I can find almost anything. Forums, chat rooms, message boards, and news groups are commendable. I've had that much enthusiasm for my Mac ever. I I haven't either. But, <laughs> I, don't know, th- I, I don't think Apple's going to be using that to sell Macs anytime soon. Yeah, I was going to say, I probably you probably won't see that for the next iPods or iTunes <laughs> commercial. <laughs> you know, let's, okay, first, number one, um, I have no musical ability. Right. So what she just did is like a bazillion times more than uh, I could ever do. Oh, sure. I mean, there's no question. Yep. Um, By the way, here, let me uh, pull up the file so I can tell you who the artist is. Daphne Calfon. Is that right? C-A-L-F-O-N? Calfon. Yep. Daphne Calfon. Yep. Um, Boy, where do you start with that one? I don't want to, like, be harsh or anything. I mean, you know, no, I I can't do that. Mm-hmm. But it it was so <laughs> wow, wow. Oh man! If you if you actually started hearing the music and went ugh and kind of skipped ahead on your iPod or your uh, if you listen to this on iTunes and you didn't listen to the whole thing, you're like, oh, I don't need to. Trust me, you go need to back. go back. You got to go you got to listen to the whole thing. Yes. Um, it's nice that Garage Band is so empowering for people. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's not a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> Enough said there. Um, yeah, you, you were. Yeah. It's, um, but you know, 
I, I, just that little ditty. I love my Mac because <laughs> it's so dependable. <laughs> I like uh, the sexy part. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Boy, thank you, baby. <laughs> I, I appreciate that, baby. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't got anything else on my list. I guess we're just gonna jump on what's going on the website. Sure. Did you want to get into this at all? What do we got? Oh, you know what? We do need to talk about that a little bit. Yep. Um, since it is on the website and we are there and we did say we would talk about it, uh, we're basically, and even Chris Siebold touched on it a little bit, um, basically Macworld Expo is limiting the press passes this year to basically one per news organization. Yeah, media outlet gets one press pass. And uh, obviously... As a publisher of a website that covers the Macworld Expo extensively, and we send multiple people to the Expo, mm-hmm. well, we don't send them. I mean, they go. And, they go. Um, I, I have a problem with this. And um, if you want to find out what my problem is, I suggest go go up to MyMac.com. Mm-hmm. Look for the article, Macworld Expo Limiting the Press. There's a lot of uh, discussion going on underneath it, mm-hmm. but more importantly, um, you know, the thing is, I, I can't really talk anymore about it yet. Right. Um, other stuff is going on, just not at liberty to talk about it mm-hmm. at, at this point. With luck, before um, the next podcast, we record the next podcast, or by the time we record the, the next podcast, um, maybe we can talk about the whole story and what happened and what's mm-hmm. happening and, and all that. Right. Uh, John Nemo uh, wrote a little, kind of a funny 10-point tutorial. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, most people know how to buy stuff. Right. But basically he's drawing attention to the fact that uh, with, uh, what is it, Carefree Express? Mm-hmm. Uh, Cafe Express. Cafe Express, you um, can order My Mac. My Mac gear. So yep. if you're into it, um, we got some T-shirts, mugs, that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. I try to keep it cheap. Donnie Inkelo has a really funny cartoon up there right now. It just cracked me up. Did you know that um, Chrissy Bold used to do a... I don't remember if it was weekly or... Well, he used to do a cartoon at MyMac.com. Really? Yeah, I'm going to have to put an ebook together with all his cartoons in it mm. and throw it up online so people can download the PDF. Yeah. There, it was just hilarious, Chris. In <laughs> fact, if you look at... On, online, if you look at his uh, entries, mm-hmm. it actually says columnist, cartoonist. Yeah. I probably need to change it because they haven't done a cartoon in years now. Yeah. But, yeah, it used to just crack me up. Chris has <laughs> got just a wicked sense of humor. Uh, and he's actually he, he's a, a pretty good artist when it comes to drawing those little figures. So is Donnie, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Donnie also has a uh, 10 quick tips for any Mac user. It's a new Macspiration mm-hmm. article. That's his 10th one, actually. Yep. I can't believe it. he's already had 10. That's two and a half months worth of... of I, Donnie's been there for two and a half months already. He's yeah. not even the newbie anymore. Yep, and he's doing good stuff. Oh, he's he really awesome. Is. Uh, he also has, we're going to skip down just a little bit, My Adventures in Widget Making. Yep, and obviously that's referring to how Donnie created, in less than 24 hours, which I still find amazing, the MyMac.com widget, which you can download. If you go to the MyMac.com site, look up in the upper right-hand corner, You'll see a little guy with some gears underneath him, and it says download the MyMac.com widget today, and yep. uh, boom, there you go. Uh, Russ Walkowicz did an out-of-box for iPod shuffle review. 
John Nemo's got an interview with Martin Taylor. You keep talking, looking that way. You really Sorry. need to talk this way. Yeah, John Nemo's got an interview with Martin Taylor about uh, photo blogging. Did you read that interview? Yes, I did. Fantastic. It really it is. It really is cool. Nice photos, too. Yeah, that guy's got a lot of talent. And uh, Donnie, or I'm sorry, Bakari has a couple ebook re- or no, I don't believe these are ebooks. They're just regular books. Yeah. Uh, the Nine Designers Design Book Book Review. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a mouthful there, isn't it? <laughs> and Managing Your Personal Finances with Quicken. That's a book review. Um, Bakari's actually going to be one of our Macworld people this year. He's going to go to Macworld, and I believe he's going to take some pictures for us. Great. Um, we like a lot of photo albums from Macworld. Mm-hmm. Not everybody can go to Macworld, obviously. It's it's expensive to go to California if you don't mm-hmm. live in the immediate vicinity. Yeah. People can't take off work just because they want to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not it's not feasible for a lot of people to go to Macworld, including us if we don't have a sponsor. Right. Um but I, I didn't know if you knew this, but Bakari's actually a multimillionaire. Oh really? So, yeah. I don't know if that's true, but <laughs> I'm sure he's getting a kick out of it right now. <laughs> um, but multimillionaire Bakari, and by, uh, John Nemirovsky actually emailed him saying, you should tell Tim how to pronounce your last name because I notice he never pronounces your last name mm-hmm. on the podcast. His name is Bakari. How many Bakaris would we have? I see him as becoming a Mac writer with mm-hmm. that name, like Prince, like Madonna, you know like what I mean? Iman, the model. Yeah. It's just... It's Bakari. Bakari. <laughs> oh, look, there's a new Bakari article <laughs> online. I'd love that name. I think that is... So, I've never heard that name in my life. Mm-hmm. And I think it's... I, I, I just love that name. Mm-hmm. So why refer to him as anything but Bakari? Mm-hmm. It's such a powerful name, too, isn't it? Bakari. Yeah. That or it's like a drink. <laughs> It sounds kind of like a drink too. Well, yeah. There's Bacardi rum. So. Bacardi. That's why it sounds like right. <laughs> this is this is Bacardi. This is Bacardi. Not yes. Bacardi. I wonder mm-hmm. if he drinks Bacardi. Probably not. That's kind of nasty stuff. I don't like that stuff. No. Well, I don't like any alcohol to be honest. Right. Um. It's not a drinker. Nope. Let's see. What else do we got going on up at the website? I saw that. Um. um Todd Long speaking of photography has posted a couple more of his Hills of Appalachia. He's on volume mm-hmm. one, number three now. And uh, John and John Nemo and David Weeks has a holiday gift, excuse me, gift guide, volume 2005.1. Yep. And uh, Neil Monks gets into... The Sony DRM rootkit issue. Yep. And uh, Roger posted an interesting one called Einstein Plus 100. Ro- Roger has a uh, hearing problem. Mm-hmm. And he can't listen to our podcast because back in the day when he, we first started, uh, he would listen to them, but he couldn't hear them hardly at all. Yeah. But our volume was really low on those early podcasts. If you remember back, if you listen to an old podcast now, if you go back to like podcast 15 mm-hmm. and listen to that and then listen to this one, there's a huge difference in, yeah. in volume. So, you know, I, I got an email. Um, I didn't get it at the, the gmail.com account, so I can't read it on the air. But it was from a listener who is blind. Hmm. And he said, I don't know if you realize this, um, the Macintosh actually has software bundled into it for disabled blind people to use their Macs a little more easily. Yeah, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Um, But more importantly, he was talking about how podcasts are really the perfect medium for the blind. Because Mm -hmm. radio sucks nowadays. Right. I mean, radio doesn't even know 
how much trouble that they are in. They really don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you listen to FM, I I don't hardly at all anymore because it's just so generic mm-hmm. and bland and boring, mm-hmm. and there's no personality. Everybody talks like this. Hey, everybody, it's 11.52, and it's 57 degrees outside, mm-hmm. and we got a hot new track from blah, 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 coming up. And mm-hmm. First, here's Deborah North with the weather. Hi, Chuck. It's getting real <laughs> cold out there today. So, but, uh, you know what I'm getting real sick of on both the radio and television? Especially the morning programs. I'm so sick of the cute puns. I'm so sick of puns. Mm. No more puns. I, I hate it. It's just driving me. <laughs> One yesterday, I'm watching the CBS Evening News last night. I think right. that's what it was. And uh, it was about some new um, anti-smoking pill that you can take and it'll help yeah, you quit. Yeah, I saw it. Um, it's made by a company you're very familiar with. Mm-hmm. And so they're talking about this. And they have this long news segment. And then they come back to the reporter sitting there next to the anchor, mm-hmm. looking all prim and proper. And she goes, while we don't know, I, I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember her exact mm-hmm. words. While we, don't, while we don't expect that this will be a miracle cure for smokers, it could be a breath of fresh air. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, you know what? In fact, <laughs> my wife and I just kind of looked at each other and rolled our eyes. Uh, and, uh, uh, yeah. Enough of the puns. They don't make you sound clever. You don't have people sitting at home going, oh, that was clever. We don't think it's clever. You look stupid. Stop doing it. We don't need these little cutesy puns all the time. <laughs> and it's, I, I hear them all the time nowadays on, on, on uh, radio and television. It's mm-hmm. all the time. Enough with the stupid puns. We get it. You're clever. At least you think you are. Yeah. You know, oh look at we can make a little cute little play on words here. <laughs> They're in trouble. The radio is in massive amounts of trouble. They simply don't see it coming yet. Especially mm-hmm. local smaller stations that take their cue from the big stations. Um, podcasting is really going to hurt them. And the the email from the the blind Mac user, I I, I hate referring to him that way because you don't remember I, his I name, just don't remember do his name. Yeah. yeah. I get a lot of email, so I know you do. Uh, he uh, he was talking about that, you know, blind people probably listen to the radio um, a lot more than most sighted people do because oh, I'm sure they you do. Know, hearing is their main course of entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, you know, as bad as you think uh, corporate radio is nowadays, it's worse than that because if mm-hmm. if you're blind and that's your main form of information information mm. and you know it's just he said it's horrible well you're really just learning to npr for unbiased news other than that you could go to talk radio but you know you're not going to get an unbiased opinion there no talk radio is dominated by one side of the political spectrum right and then the other side of the pol- political spectrum you don't hardly hardly ever hear that point of view mm-hmm. and there's very few people in the middle right i mean it's always the extremes that seem to get on the radio mm-hmm Podcasting is so democratic because you vote for what you like by pointing your your RSS feed, your web browser, your mm-hmm. iTunes, wherever you want, and that's what you're going to listen to. Yeah. Uh, with a podcast, let's be honest, we, we want as many listeners as we can possibly get, obviously. But even if we didn't get one new uh, listener from this point on, I'd still do the podcast because I enjoy it. Mm -hmm. You enjoy it. And the people, hopefully the people that are downloading it are enjoying it. If they've listened to more than one episode, I assume that they're enjoying it. Right. So podcasting is really going to be uh, eating corporate radio's lunch. Mm -hmm. Because you listen to what you want, when you want, 
as much as of it as you want. And it doesn't cost you anything other than an internet connection, which you already have. Uh, if you listen to it on iPod, you've already got the iPod probably. Right. But you know, this is, there's a huge amount of uh, n- the number of podcasters is just huge now, and the diverse topics that you could find to mm-hmm. download is just huge. So, really, uh, for someone like um, the guy who emailed me, mm-hmm. this the, he said it's 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 made listening uh, a pleasure again when it comes to you know radio type of stuff. Right. And he says it's it's real. It's not that people can can curse, because mm-hmm. the, obviously that's a huge difference. But the, there's no program manager standing there saying you can't say this and you got to follow this policy and right. It's you know it's the wild west so far. And there's a lot of people that are trying to cash in. Um, probably Adam Curry's the biggest with the pod show. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, Adam Curry is one of the originators of podcasting, and right. obviously he wants to feed his family on this idea. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But there's always going to be the smaller podcasts that that really fill a niche market, and that's what we are. Right, and I think you know, I think Leo Laporte brought that point up where he said, you know, don't do it for the money, do it because you enjoy doing. Yeah, it. you're not going to get rich podcasting. Right. You know, um, that's why I wanted to offer more podcasts at mymac.com because I enjoy listening to them. Yep. I know there's people out there who want to podcast, but they're like, well, I don't know how to do it, or I know how to do it, but. I don't know how to really get my show out there so people are going to listen to it. We've mm-hmm. got a built-in audience ready to go, and that's why we want to offer more podcasting right. because I just think it's such a great medium for um, this new generation of content. Yep. So it's great. That is the podcast this week. I love my Mac because it's, it's so, so dependable, dependable, so reliable. <laughs> uh, that's going to be stuck in my head all night. I know it. I need Thanks to. for planting the earworm, pal. <laughs> it's funny. Hey, it's a fun <laughs> song. What are you going to do? Uh, you want to listen to that as we go out today, or you want to play our regular exit? I, I think I need my. I need a dose of the regular right now. Okay. <laughs> the regular it is. Not decaffeinated. The regular. regular. Thanks for downloading the MyMac.com podcast. You can subscribe to this podcast at our RSS feed at MyMac.com or by visiting the iTunes Music Store's podcast section. Please send all feedback to mymacpodcast at gmail.com. And thanks for listening to the mymac.com podcast.